Welcome everyone to Wii Universe. This is the show where we are playing every single game in the Wii U catalog in random ass order. It doesn't matter what order it's going to be random. We're going to be playing them that way. Uh, I'm Mighty Number Steve. Hello, I'm Woody Siskowski with an important announcement about the future of the show. Um, Let's I, hear it. All right. Um, so we decided to stop releasing new episodes until we get $600,000 on Kickstarter, and then we will release uh, every, every, every episode simultaneously for all platforms. Yes, but yeah. you won't get the first episode for four years, yeah. uh, roughly. So, I mean, that, as long as that's okay. We are going to uh, send you art eventually, I promise. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, give you a poster. Yes, yeah, we'll in, give in you the a, meantime. We'll give you a handsome art book uh, to, to kind of uh, compensate for our A, a downloadable character you get to play as Josiah. Lindsay's the boss yeah Yeah, she's the boss fight at the end of the game Uh, well welcome everybody this week we are talking about a game called Mighty Number 9 this is a game with a very rich and weird history I'm excited to get into it (laughs) lore that goes on miles and miles goes back all of I I mean I must have been a man in my 30s (laughs) when this game came out Uh, I'm currently a man in my late 30s so the that lore works out well. the lore first created by abdullah has read the mad <laughs> arab hundreds of years ago he prophesized a world wherein a generic mega man clone would come out by the man who created mega man in a bizarre paradox o time absolutely absolutely read those scrolls people it's in there <laughs> exactly. fine print on the scrolls before we get started with any of that, let's talk a little bit about what else we're playing right now. There's got to be better games than this one that we play. What are you playing right now? Well, um, this game is a retro throwback, which yeah. is usually, you know, catnip for me, assuming sure. that they are done well. You lay I, on your back and you play like by swatting at the yeah. controller dangling from the screen. <laughs> Things have really gotten rough for me financially, and now I'm just passing my time via catnip. <laughs> I'm like uh, Mel Gibson in The Road Warrior, just sharing the dog food. <laughs> um, no, uh, I, well, they're not... Too rough for me because I recently bought a game called Xeno Crisis. Ooh. Z- unrelated to, you know, your Xeno Gears or your Xeno Sagas. But it is a Xeno with an X. It is Xeno with okay. an X. I don't actually know what the word Xeno means because it's used in so many. I All right, to be xenophobic right. means you're afraid of people from another country or, or like, other or races. You're afraid of the other, I guess. Oh, so maybe yeah. Xeno just means like other. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah well, that actually yeah. makes sense. So okay. this is this is a uh Home sort of homebrew that came out uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. It it is on Switch, PS4, and Sega Genesis, Dreamcast, wow. or Neo Geo. Wow! Um, I chose that. not to buy the $400 Neo Geo cart. Uh, that's a good choice. Um, but good I went choice. for the Sega Genesis $15 ROM. Okay. Um, it's through a company called Bureau Brothers, I believe, mm-hmm. um, based in the UK. Because everyone in the UK is brothers, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) And it's a top-down shooter, very similar to your Robotrons, or your Smash TV seems to be the most clear basis of you go from room to room and shoot in four directions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, And so that's been really fun. It's, of course, very difficult, um, but action is very fast, and it may be, I mean, obviously they have 30 years of tech experience to work on, but... Maybe the best-looking Sega Genesis game that exists. Well, I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, yes, but it came out in 2019. But like, um, so that that has been really cool, and it's got two-player, uh, two-player mode. And what's interesting about it is, if I had like this game is twenty dollars on Switch, mm. and somehow 
I had spent $20 on Switch, I'd be like, ugh, this seems real steep. Because, like, there's, like, you know, six worlds or whatever, and yeah. they're fine, but they just move by really fast, and it's very simplistic. But somehow on Sega Genesis, you're like, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's in it's the wheelhouse. It's the same like, game, yeah. but it just fits way better in the aesthetic. It's just so I mean, odd, the, like, the action of what controller you're holding and popping, you know, pushing that cartridge in and pressing the power. It just, yeah, it feels different. So if you have a, either a flash cart or, you know, a Genesis Classic, a way to play uh, play ROMs for the Genesis, this is a neat thing. Or if you just want a top-down shooter that, you know, you like twin-stick shooters like me, uh, Xeno Christ is very cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. I mean, it's worth noting, too, like, if you were playing Genesis games back when they were new, you were paying four times as much as that for usually less content. That, yeah, that, is, that is true. That is $80 uh, Oof. retail. So, that, yeah. That's really the ongoing reminder that we all we all need to remember. Is <laughs> yeah. That your Bubsies... Yeah. Your Bubsy twos. I, I I had to mow a lot of lawns to get my clay fight. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't so it? It, it wasn't great. It oh, wasn't great. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've started uh, replaying a little bit of uh, Breath of the Wild, which I haven't played. I'm familiar in with this game? Quite a while. Uh, it's one of them Zeldas, right? It's one of them. There Zeldas. Uh, I'm definitely. I don't know if I'm just like really bad at it now, or if it's like <laughs> harder than I remember it. But I'm struggling to kind of make much progress. Okay. Um, you know, but I, you know, there's still a fundamentally good game here. I will say you're going to come down hot and I'm say coming that. down hot. I'm <laughs> going to say those little stupid gyroscopic puzzles and some of those temples are the worst. I hate that. I'm stuck at one right now mm. where you have to like, I know there aren't many of them, but you have to kind of balance board a ball out of a maze and then flip it across. <laughs> those aren't your all time favorite Ugh. things. The little tilty marble mazes. I hate them. <laughs> I hate them. And uh, I hate they, that Zelda's I, I, making me do it. They definitely rank higher for me than the, uh, the slidey puzzles where there's one oh, open slot puzzles. yeah yeah hate those those, those are at the very bottom it's like slide puzzles at the bottom above yeah. that is box pushing yeah and then like marble rolling but the marble rolling is one of those where like it gets worse the longer it takes you because you get frustrated mm -hmm. and uh, as you're getting <laughs> frustrated you're less precise and like you're getting yeah speaking of getting frustrated we played mighty number no. nine <laughs> we sure did that's a game that invokes some senses of frustration so I, let's i think i got closer than i ever have um to throwing a controller across the room and being <laughs> as it was your wii gamepad i appreciate the yeah. restraint i yeah. do you you actually did hand it you're like okay you need to take this from me <laughs> have you ever thrown a controller I did once playing Halo Two against some friends. Okay, and that's when I stopped playing Halo Two. Sure, I'm like, all right, I'm, I don't, I don't like this. I don't yeah. like what this brings out in me. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah. Uh, the only game that inspired that level of rage in me was League of Legends, which okay. was a mouse and keyboard game. Oh, sure. <laughs> and so, I like, I, I didn't have anything that I could easily throw. Yeah, because they yeah. were all plugged into the computer. Just pull up the whole table and throw it out the <laughs> yeah, window. Yeah, exactly. So Mighty Number no. 9 was released June 21st, 2016. It's developed by Comcept and published by Deep Silver. And is also released on PS3, PS4, 360, Xbox One, Windows, OS X, and Linux. <laughs> so <laughs> Mighty Number no. 9. something to beef up my Linux game library. Yeah, well, you need something. Yeah, you got the Linux, uh, what is it, like a, a, it's a, cute a little ultra cat. I don't know. That's what I thought it was a little called. penguin. Maybe I'm thinking of Ubuntu. Oh, maybe. I no, I, well, I think that's the logo, actually. Yeah, it is a little penguin. But if, The point is, we way. don't know anything about Linux. Yeah, we don't know a lot about it. But, <laughs> so don't uh, write us in with your Linux questions. Good news is I now do know a lot about 90 number 9. So yeah, that's, thank that's goodness. great for me. That pushed um, out your Linux facts out of your brain. I, I think I didn't know much about this game. I just knew <laughs> it was kind of synonymous with, uh, like, how to not manage a successful Kickstarter. We have talked about this game before, but yeah. not on our podcast. 
we did uh when we were on video game apocalypse oh, right. for whatever reason we got pulled in to talk about uh like crowdfunded games oh right 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 and, yeah, yeah. and so they always do a top five and this was i don't remember what place this was in but this was a notorious example of yeah one of the top crowdfunded games but not for good re- good reasons not really <laughs> it's infamous no no so the development of this game is tied very directly to its spiritual predecessor, Mega Man, uh, specifically the game's creator, Keiji Inafune. Uh, so Inafune was a superstar at Capcom for decades. Not only did he create a major franchise when he introduced Mega Man in the late 80s, but he's also overseen hit franchises like Lost Planet, Onimusha, Dead Rising. Those are all his games. Pretty are big. Onimusha or Lost Planet hit franchises? They were. They were at okay. the time. Like uh, they were. I think they they both petered out after like four entries, but I think they were successful at the time. Which is maybe the right amount for most things, like the right amount to peter out. Yeah, I've never played Lost Planet, but uh, you I know walk around in the snow and you shoot at stuff. I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's fine. You find planets. <laughs> exactly. Um, Someone comes up to you and is like, hey, I lost my planet. Well, Will done. you go into the basement and fight these rats sure so will. I can find it? I'm on my way. Yeah. Zip, zap, zoo. Uh, <laughs> so uh, by the late, by the mid-2000s, Inafune found himself clashing with the new executives at Capcom. And after the high-profile high cancellations of both Mega Man Legends 3 and the Mario Maker-esque Mega Man universe, Inafune decided to resign after 23 years at the company. And he founded his own studio called Comcept with an M, as in computer concept get it wonderful it Great. sounds like the name of a company you would found in your basement in yes. the early 70s very much so <laughs> very much so yeah yeah I, i'm imagining big old mustaches on all of them when they're founding this company so you kind of just rolled over it pretty quickly but like so the idea is a mario maker mega man game yeah yeah which good idea good idea yeah good idea i don't I, it seems like maybe a tougher sell like i think it would be fun and neat i don't know if it would it certainly wouldn't have the same penetration that mario maker has no i mean mega man's always been a little bit more niche and uh i don't think you're going to get the same precision of control as you'll get with a mario maker things like that but you do have similar like there are recurring elements that are used to build the worlds of each stage and there are different stages of mega man that you can bring in like you did with mario yeah which is so visually this would look really cool and it doesn't seem like it would be terribly expensive to develop as far as games go no the very at the very least you could just leave it with that NES style graphics and yeah, yeah, put, put DLC to get like the PlayStation or Super Nintendo setups. I, I mean, in, in reality, you really just need to build the engine and then like put it, put a UI on it and then release it into the world. That's kind of all you need. And then the other one was Mega Man Legends 3. Was... And that was a big kind of passion project for Inafune. Like those Mega Man Legends games were, uh, they're 3D, they're like mm-hmm. uh, action platform games. We played Mega Man 64 on the last Which show. Which is Mega Man Legends. It is same Mega game. Man Legends, same game. Uh, and 3 has been kind of like, fans have been begging for it for years. Inafune has been wanting to do it for years. But 1 and 2 were not big sellers. You yeah, know, they... that seems to be like the recurring thread for Mega Man in general. It's got like a very vocal fan base where people are like, we need more Mega Man, Mega Man. Yeah. Mega. But then every time something comes out, you're like, yeah, it sold okay, I guess. Yeah, like, Mega, I Man, feel... yeah Mega Man 10, Mega Man 11. I feel like fine. Mega Man 9 was like the last one that kind of felt like a big deal yeah. slash an event because like, it was like, look, that was like the first game to look identical to, you know, the retro throwback sure. thing instead of like, playing an homage it's like this literally could have been a game that came out on yeah, the you nes could, you could probably and play this on an nes yeah. i mean probably, probably not actually probably but not, um but yeah visuals, and that, yeah. that is a great game but then like 10 and 11 came out and people were like yeah i don't know more mega man they're still fine yeah, yeah whatever yeah i've never quite gotten sort of the 
the cult around Mega Man aside from like I I think you and I both agree like the N- the NES collection of six games is spectacular. Oh yeah, no, pretty unimpeachable like, six games there. Yeah, they're all really fun. Uh and the X games have never been my thing necessarily, but like people really love Mega Man X. I've got nothing against them, right. you know. Yeah, but it's like to me those NES games like the the legacy of qual of like them is their quality yeah not necessarily like i'm really excited about mega man the character no not really he's just kind of a he's kind of a blank avatar you know and like and the world has gotten incredibly complicated with like the battle network games and bass and like all these other bass i guess bass because they're more music yeah yeah yeah, he's not fish themed he's not fish themed zero has his own series like everybody kind of has their own spin-off series and so it's gotten to be a very deep bench of games but yeah i do think they all suffer because none of these characters like i care about like zero's cool because he has a sword or she is zero a dude i don't know i actually don't know okay sorry sorry zero if we're misgendering you yeah i'm not entirely right in and tell tell us i think they're all genitalless robots i i would hope sure we don't know well well, well, i mean i think it's safe to assume that mega man is gendered in some way i mean he would be very confusing yeah yeah Uh, so, yeah, uh, with Comcept, uh, Inafune decided to uh, form his own company. It's made up of former Mega Man developers, and then he hired a lot of young developers who kind of cited Mega Man as their favorite games. You know, oh, they, sure. they wanted to build it out like that. Now, their very first game was Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z, which is a Ooh. 2D spinoff of the beloved series that's gotten some really brutal reviews. Have you played this one? No, I didn't know that that game was 2D. Yeah. There's- it's like a 2D, like, cel-shaded kind of style. It looks like a cartoon, or it looks like an anime. This is what followed out. So, like, Ninja Gaiden 3 was a little bit of a debacle. Right. And then this is what came out after and kind of was, just killed the series. It was like a DLC-only title. But, oh, like, it's okay. been... It, it was, like, roundly pan. I don't know exactly what's wrong with it, but it was roundly pan. It's been called one of the worst games of the decades. Like, it's it's apparently okay. pretty bad. Um. This was followed up by a seafaring 3DS RPG called Kayo that was canceled about halfway through development, which lost them a lot of money. And in 2013, Inafune announced Mighty Number no. 9 at so, PAX. Yeah. So his company so far had developed one game that was tremendously panned yes. and sunk a great franchise, mm-hmm. and then one game that got halfway through and was canceled. Yes, okay. to the tune of about $4 million loss on that second Got it, game. just making yeah. sure that I'm with you in the narrative thus far. That's where they're at. So in 2013, he announced Mighty Number no. 9 at PAX, claiming it was going to be a spiritual successor to Mega Man and would be entirely funded by the then-new social media funding platform Kickstarter. So the game had a funding goal of $900,000, and it kind of broke records at the time. It surpassed that goal in two days. Okay. Uh, which was yeah a record for the time uh, for a publisher they were worked with uh, they worked with Deep Silver who's a German company that had recently scored a big hit with the Dead Island series and uh, sounds like a weird like company that does like weapons transactions yes, or like yeah, or lends like, out mercenaries or something ops, yeah, yeah yeah something like that so enthusiasm for this game was really high uh, Mega Man fans had felt that Capcom had sort of neglected the franchise over the last couple years which they and, had and the idea of going back to basics with one of the games principal creators was like a pretty exciting idea and uh well, the game's principal creator like yeah. the guy who created Mega Man yeah, right yeah yeah. yeah yeah you know and uh like originally this was just going to be a game for windows and then i think they took the success of this initial kickstarter and decided all right we're going to put it on every platform simultaneously mm-hmm. we're going to develop for all of these things and that's kind of where the problems started okay um 
So Inafune and his team, they wanted to document the process of the development. So they released regular YouTube videos. They were constantly like sending out messages and keeping in touch with their backers. Yeah, because at this time, like the sort of procedures and what works and what doesn't in Kickstarter are still pretty new. Yeah, yeah. I feel like by now, most people, you know, probably due to some of the trials and tribulations this game experienced, most people have an idea of what they expect from a developer on Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. And here he's kind of making the rolls as he goes along. Well, and exactly, and this is one of the first like big successes of Kickstarter. Right. So people were watching this production pretty closely, okay. like because it's an interesting way of like getting games made. And if this would work, you know, this would kind of uh, portend a lot of interesting things for the industry. But uh, so the team eventually added some stretch goals, extending out to a four million dollar budget, promising new characters and new stages. And Inafune started getting very excited about the prospect of this as a franchise. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be a little hard when all you do is, like, show concept art and a premise and people give you, like, millions of dollars. Right. And you're like, well, interesting. Well, well, okay, clearly I've got the magic juice. i got to keep going with this. So uh, at various points, there were multiple sequels announced. There was uh, a feature film was going to be made from Legendary Pictures. Uh, There was going to be an anime. And there was going to be a spinoff game called Red Ash, uh, which was going to feature uh, Beck and Call, the two leads from uh, the Mighty Number no. 9, in a different kind of adventure. Okay. So Inafune launched a Kickstarter for Red Ash in 2014 while Mighty Number no. 9 was still in development, and that project failed. Uh, it had a $500,000 uh, Kickstarter goal, and it didn't make that. Okay. Um, and so, you know, they eventually found funding from a Chinese company called Fuse, uh, but some were starting to feel that... Uh, Inafune's focus on the second project was sort of diminishing the current project that they were supposed to be working on. Yeah. And uh, which the game, you know, was supposed to come out in 2014 and it still wasn't finished. So cut ahead to 2016, the game has been delayed for a third time, which has been causing a lot of frustration for backers and leading some to accuse Inafune of mismanaging the production. Uh, Issues were compounded when Deep Silver published a new trailer called Masterclass, which figured like a really, which featured a really embarrassing narration style. I showed you this, this yeah, yeah. T- uh, teaser before we got started, and it's like, first of all, it's showing gameplay elements that do not look very promising. Like it's showing the game as it looks, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, spoiler alert: this game doesn't look very good. No. Um, and so then, like, we show a little bit of gameplay, and then you get this really stupid narration of like this gruff jock guy is like, hey, do you like awesome things that are awesome? And, yeah. And like... what? And, and the problem, I mean, aside from just the irritating tone, like he's advertising gameplay features that are not all that awesome. No. He's like, do you like awesome things? What about a dash? Yeah. And you can dash twice in a row. Have you ever encountered a game with a dash? Or what about a combo and you can get more combos and put your combos on top of combos and it's like, well, yeah, that's just one combo. Just that's one combo. the definition of a combo. That's all it is. And that's then at the end, he's like... They they like this game will make you cry like an er, uh, anime nerd on prom night. Yeah, yeah. They it, threw that line in there, and it's like, you know, the people of, who are a fan of Mega Man games, right? Right. You know, like, like, what part of this game and this aesthetic do you think is unappealing to anime fans? Like, yeah. like <laughs> there's a big Venn diagram crossover between your audiences here. So like, it's basically a circle. You've you've basically you've already taken three years to make this Mega Man knockoff game, and then you're going to cap it off by showing a very unimpressive looking game, and then having this jock like insult you in the trailer. Yeah. So fans hated that trailer. It was kind of getting some really negative buzz based off of that. Uh, you know, Inafune, for his part, he took full responsibility for the issues. He said the decision to develop the game for multiple platforms at once proved to be harder than expected. 
But at this point, you know, three years on, fans are starting to feel a little misled. And the game was finally, finally released in June of 2016. And despite the years of hype, the game was met with a really lukewarm reception. Uh, most critics feeling like it was a pale imitation of its source material. And even after all the delays, some features of the game never materialized. Mm. Uh, there was going to be a 3DS and Vita port of this game, which would have been the ideal way to play yes, it. Yes, like, that, that does forgiven... make me sad. Like, playing this on Vita would be, like, pretty okay, assuming if they you hammered could... out some of the tech issues. Yeah, you but... could forgive a lot of uh, the graphical issues in this game if this was on 3DS. Yeah. Like, you really could. Um, and... You know, uh, there were also some like art and uh, other assets that were going to be published by Fangamer, but Fangamer never got the assets in time, so they just never made it. You sure. know, they they couldn't do it; they didn't have the material. So since then, uh, this game has become something of a cautionary tale on how not to run a Kickstarter campaign. And Comcept, for their part, they were acquired by Level Five Games shortly after the release of this game, and Red Ash was effectively canceled as the team moved on to different projects. And one little interesting piece of trivia I want to throw out for this game. Mighty Number no. 9 has the longest credits of any piece of media ever across all spans of media. Uh, the developers included the names of more than 67,000 Kickstarter backers, which makes the credit last nearly four hours. Wow. I have to imagine there's some kind of achievement or something for, for sitting through it or letting it play or something. It's probably the only game in which the you could beat the game in, I imagine, one-fourth of the time watching the credits I if you knew so. what you were I, doing. I've got to say, like, this must be a pretty short game. Yeah. Like, I, can, I imagine you could beat the game before the credits are done. Uh, the Wii U version offers a couple, a collectible art book, a two-sided poster, and it includes a DLC adventure featuring Ray, who is a similar character to Beck, uh, but no no use of the Wii U function. Aside from being able to Aside play from, on the gamepad. That's it, it. it would be interesting to go over to someone's house and see them like having a Mighty Number no. 9 poster on the wall. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, is that ironic? Because you're just, you're just like, oh, I was a backer and I liked the vibe. I don't know. Because I feel like even if you really like anime, like there's nothing very... Uh, grabby about any of this right. concept art this kind of just looks like softer less distinct Mega Man. which is this what's so bizarre so first off i was pretty excited to play this game sure. um because i knew its reputation as discussed i liked retro throwbacks and i thought it would at least be like pretty okay yeah, yeah. um i'm like even even knockoff Mega Man or less good Mega Man is still pretty fun yeah yeah and the the idea of it going getting made by the original creator is like, oh, you know, now that he has freedom to do what he wants, like, what new cool elements will he come up to that kind of are like a twist on right. the formula? And this game ends up feeling very weird. It's in that bizarre space of a creator having to rip himself off. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. It's yeah, like John like... Fogarty loses rights to sing Clearwater <laughs> Cleveland's Clearwater Revival songs. Yeah, so he's just kind of saying, I don't want to know, have I ever seen the snow? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's that's kind of what Born this is. Born in the swamplands. <laughs> I see a medium moon rising. <laughs> a, a lukewarm moon. Oh, God. <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of exactly what this is. Like, to say that this is a spiritual uh, successor to Mega Man is really kind of overselling it. This it is, is just Mega Man, well, but crappier. Yeah, a spiritual successor, I feel like, implies a forward momentum because there's like yeah. a family tree or a timeline where you're like, okay, the advances in this thing led to this. Yeah. And this is just kind of, this feels like a bizarre 
like knockoff in the sense that if you didn't know that he was responsible for this game and you just kind of found it on, you know, the eShop or something like that, and you're like, oh, this looks kind of fun. Yeah. You just think it was some bizarre, like, you know, super low budget made in someone's basement Mega Man homage. And sure, you'd be like, oh, yeah. that was like kind of okay. That's a fun little fan game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah a yeah. fun little fan game. Yeah, exactly. And then you look it up, and you're like, oh, that was made by the creator of the franchise right. in the person, three years. The person who's supposed to know it best, the shepherd of this franchise. Uh, so the story is really negligible here. They kind of just bla- like blaze past it. But uh, you're you're playing as Beck. Uh, you know you have the devil's haircut. He's a loser, really baby. Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why, absolutely. Why don't you kill him? <laughs> <laughs> uh, because you'll get a really long load time. Yeah, that's yeah, why. That's why. Uh, yeah. So yeah, you play as Beck, aka Mighty Number no. Nine. You are the ninth of nine gladiator robots that were created to like fight. And all of the robots on Earth have suddenly decided to rebel. Uh, being led by the other age. For whatever reason, Beck is not affected by whatever virus is causing them all to go crazy. And just to be clear, this is the same story that's in every freaking Man- Mega is. Man game. It absolutely <laughs> is. So you have to just, like, go around. You have to help your creator, Dr. White. Very different from Dr. Light, okay? Exactly. Very, very different characters. This Legally is distinct. Man. This is This is, like... Legally distinct, the video game. It like is, the, yeah. the text on the back is like, this combines all your favorites from eight and sixteen bit classics into a new, like a new experience yeah. with innovation. You were describing it. I mean, you read resumes all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you were saying this is like most of the resumes you receive are yeah. just people, generic like, buzzwords. People trying to pretend like they know what this industry means. You know, <laughs> like that's what it kind of reads like. You know, and even look at uh, uh, Beck's design. It's like okay, so he's a little robot boy with a helmet, and Mega Man is blue, whereas uh, Beck is bluish gray. Yeah, yeah, that's that's about it. And he's got like two goggles on his helmet. And that's about the, the biggest difference there. But he still shoots things from his arm. He's still like uh, kind of couched as a little boy. And he's got a uh, assistant named Call opposed to Roll. Yeah. So it, now it's like Beck and Call as opposed to Rock and Roll because Mega Man was Rock Man. Sure. It's like this whole thing. And she she has, you know, pigtails instead of ribbons that Roll exactly. has. Exactly. Very, like, very different. It, it, and Legally I feel like distinct. that is such a misstep because, I mean, he was in a Inafune is in a weird spot here because it's like clearly the reason that this game people supported it and were so excited for it is because it, you know, looks and plays like Mega Man. Yeah, yeah. But in looking and playing like Mega Man so much, it has no identity of its own. Yeah. Even in the name Mighty Number no. Nine is not what does that mean? Good. That tells me nothing. That tells you nothing. I know there's a lucky number eleven. That's all I need to know. <laughs> yeah, like, is this exactly. a sequel? Is this two two games? What did I miss? Like, okay, the hateful eight would be the sequel. I <laughs> exactly. Guess. And then mighty number nine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. So once you get past the story, which is just not interesting, it is like constantly interrupting you with cutscenes, which Mega Man had the good which sense are not to which do. are awful, awful looking cutscenes. And it, also, when's the last time you've heard voice acting this bad in a video game? And certainly like, not in a game from 2017, unless it's some weird, ironic joke. And that's the thing. If it is a weird, ironic joke, they're not tipping their hand. No. You know, they're playing it very straightforward. Uh, and I, I don't think it is. A and weird none of the cutscenes are even animated. Like, no. they will they will cut to a character. You're just, your base is kind of this bland blue background with 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 nothing there yeah. and they'll cut to a character whose mouth is just hanging open yeah and words just are down at the bottom coming out but like the mouth doesn't move or anything it's like if you're gonna have your cutscenes look this terrible don't put them in the game no like no. they just expose like all, all so many issues yeah no it really and does. it's not like they're saying anything that's interesting no they're really not they're not uh 
So, all right, the gameplay-wise, yeah, like you said, we're, it's Mega Man, you're getting pretty much what you expect. The dash mechanic, I will say, does play an important role in this game, so I understand why they were hyping it. It's not an interesting mechanic, a but call. it does play. An important call. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, yeah, you... Uh, Basically, yeah, you run and gun with your little buster sword, and then once an enemy has been weakened, you dash into them, a move that's called Accelerate, uh, spelled A-C-X-E-L, sure. uh, really stupid. Um, and then that way you absorb the powers of that enemy, and they'll you'll clear them from the screen much faster than just shooting them to death. So yeah, you can always just blast them, but the, the, there only seems to be three basic, you say you absorb the powers, but it's like you get a bonus. You get a little stat that, like, boost. The, yeah. the red boost will increase your firepower. The yellow boost, I think, gives you a little shield that makes you take less damage. Mm-hmm. And the green boost makes you run faster, which yeah. is a mixed blessing. Yeah, because, because a lot of time you do want him to move faster. Yes, you're definitely like, I wish that his... I mean, I've always had this complaint of Mega Man himself. Like yeah. You always want Mega Man to move a little faster, right. but when you get used to a certain speed... And then you just dash through an enemy and randomly have this speed up power up. You're gonna accidentally run off the side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like this game too, you know, for Mega Man, you know, as an homage to Mega Man, has a decent amount of tricky platforming and a very bad frame rate. Very bad frame rate. And yeah. it seemed to always kick in at the moments where you were like jumping over a gap and fireballs were falling, and then it would hiccup a little bit, and you'd so you'd accidentally turn the other direction and be like, oh shit! Yeah, and it yeah. just like always triggered a bad time. So like. With the speed up and then the frame rate hiccups, there, it felt like there was some cheap deaths going on. And there like, were definitely those. This game should not have frame rate issues. It's no. not like there's a lot going on visually. No, the point is that we're looking back at a bygone era when things were like simpler. Like we yeah. shouldn't be recreating the technical errors of that age. And, you know, this mechanic just really doesn't do much of anything. Like, if they put 10% more effort into this, you could have had, like, a Kirby-style mechanic where you're mixing and matching powers to have new weapons. Yeah. And that doesn't happen. It's just if you get a lot of red guys, then you shoot fire instead of lasers. Like, if you get a lot of green guys, you just move faster, you know? And there there is a combo mechanic where if you dash into a bunch of people it'll give you like a percentage right and we never figured out what the percentage meant or how you get it higher or lower um but then that translates to you getting a certain number of points which is also a very bizarre choice because i did any of the Mega Man games even have points yeah they had like a score like an obligatory kind of and i think you got a a one up with every certain number of oh okay but but it was in that nes way of like well, obviously, everything this, has, a this score. has a score because it's a video game. Yeah. Duh. Like, it doesn't necessarily mean to equate into anything. It could not be that type of game. You know, Zelda 2 had a score. Like, why okay. did you need that? Like, yeah. yeah. And, and so, to like have a game mechanic that is built on getting a higher score, to me, totally misses what Mega Man is about. Yeah. It's not like, you know, Pac-Man Championship Edition where they're like, okay, you do this to get a different kind of score multiplier and it's a twist on the formula. Mm-hmm. Here you're just like, okay, remember that game you never played for score? Well, try playing it for score. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and it doesn't make anything better. No, I mean, if, if you're really into leaderboards, this game has online leaderboards, you, you know, it you, has <laughs> achievements and stuff you can unlock. Sure, that would be another weird person. Who's That'd be like, another weird person who really cares about the Mighty Number no. 9 leaderboards, but you know, not judging you if you really care about that. No, we, we, we want to hear from you. We just think that this game, does this game have any, like, following or fans at this point that's the thing yeah i think because you know it rode sort of that wave of toxic buzz just because of the release schedule but then people played the game and like oh yeah this isn't a very good game either 
you know, so the, the level design, like one thing Mega Man really has going for it is amazing level design, like mm-hmm. really clever, innovative stuff with like little disappearing platforms and dragons that'll pop out of the sky. Oh, I hate those disappearing platforms from the first game that like, they go, Woo, oh, and then yeah. other ones appear. So you have to time your you have jump. To remember the pattern. Yeah. yeah. Those are so frustrating. But I mean, they have some cool stuff and they've got a distinctive visual style. Everything here is just kind of noise. you know. Yeah, it's that's just, a good way to put it. And everything looks very polished and very smooth, but very indistinct. You know, you don't you're not really making out any personality or character. I would say that it seems most clearly trying to emulate like Mega Man 8 on the PS1 or Saturn. Yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't have the color and sort of pop that that game does no no and just yeah the character designs are just not they're they're just kind of pale imitations they're like the wish version of mega man yeah 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 uh yeah so we we you know like most mega man games it has kind of an intro level it gets you used to the mechanics and then it'll open up and you can choose which order to fight the other eight bosses you know uh, the, the other that's, that's total that's classic Mega Man style. Yeah, and the problem is like none of them quite are as immediately apparent as what they have go what's going on. Like and I don't like think the Mar- famous Marvin Gaye song. What is going oh, yeah. on with Mega Man? Yeah. Well, you could what's so going on with easy- Mega Man. <laughs> yeah, you could so easily tell from like you you know the enemy. They're like, okay, this is Spark Man. Yeah. This is Rock Man, and you're like, okay, I get the vibe of what this level is going to be like. Here, they're just Mighty Number One, Mighty yeah. Number Two, and you're like, okay, this looks like an underwater level, so I kind of get it. Rig. I mean, but yeah. everyone, like all the designs of these robots, look very similar to Mighty Number Nine, yeah. just like with a slight palette swap. And then I think maybe they take on some different forms. And also, why did Mighty Number no. 9, if he's the last one designed, why does he get the short end of the stick? Like, there's a guy in here who's a helicopter. There's a guy who turns into, like, a tower. Mighty Number no. 9 is just a little boy. Dr. I already, Dr. Light Knockoff got his, uh, got all his funding Dr. cut. Dark. Yeah. So uh, yeah. they, he had to just really trim it down and simplify. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, now it's just the basic little Maybe boy Mighty Number no. 9 is, like, secretly a sex bot, which oh, is... Oh, uh, creepy to think about. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so like, yeah, you get to choose your different levels, but unlike in Mega Man, where like you defeat, you have to defeat a boss to gain their weapon, and then that weapon makes it easier to fight other bosses. There is no mechanic like that. Are here. you sure? You sure you don't gain someone's I'm weapon for beating sure. them? I'm sure. Like, I'm, okay. I, I, I can double check on that, but I don't think that's really present here. Okay, because full disclosure, we did not beat any of the bosses we because did not. this game is hard, and I just to be clear, that is not a knock against this game. This no, game it should, should it, it should be, be hard. That is the throwback, like Mega Man 11, which came out a few years ago, also very hard, and I don't have a problem with it. I think that this game suffers because a lot of your deaths feel very cheap because, like, enemies will kind of come out of nowhere and knock you into pits. Um, There was a couple platforms which distinctly had rockets pushing upward that you would walk on, and then they would fell fell down and you died. Yeah, Um, yeah. Or, like, you run slower than the platform falls and you're like well that shouldn't be the way that the design works it's like some things just feel like they are punishing for no reason and the the so the real moment where i had had it is i was fighting the first boss pyro Mm. um and i sort of got a handle on his pattern he was dashing at me doing like a fire suplex and stuff and i got through his first phase pretty well and then he kind of you know powered up into his ultra form yeah and i had like three-fourths of my health and then he dashed at me, sort of grabbed me, and killed me in one hit. Yeah. And it's like, great game. You're not going to broadcast this. Like, And during that time, like, 
there was dialogue happening while that was going on. So I was yeah. paying attention to the dialogue, mm-hmm. and then I just died, and I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah. And yeah. this is also, I think maybe above all else, the biggest problem with this game, and this is probably exacerbated on the Wii U and their attempts to port it to multiple things, every time you die in this game... It's at least a 30-second load time. It is so, so long. Like, you would not believe how long these load times are on the Wii U. Yeah, yeah. it's that, that, That's our, That's going to be our clickbait article. You won't believe how long the load times are on this Wii U. Dermatologists hate them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, By the way, I did confirm you do steal power. You do take okay. powers from and did get different weapons okay. from enemies. So, so that, that the, mechanic is intact. Okay. We just never got that far. Sure. Be, again, and it, this it, game it, is boring. <laughs> this game is boring, and so much of it is spent, like, there was a sense of, like, that was when I was most engaged with the game, when I was fighting Pyro, and I'm like, I'm learning these patterns, I'm getting better at it, mm-hmm. and like, this is where I want to die, and I want to go back in and like be ready for him. But the fact that every load time when you die is so long, mm-hmm. you're just like, well, just fuck it, I'm not yeah. dealing with this anymore. And just, again, to, to give an idea of the technical ineptitude of this game, yeah. I clicked on, and I was just dicking around in the uh, the core menu. I clicked on a setting. Mm-hmm. The screen went dark, and I'm like, I don't even remember what I clicked on because, like, 30 seconds had passed. And then it opened up, oh, I clicked on the general options. Yes. So it took 30 seconds to get from to the get main there. menu to the general options. Then I changed a couple settings to, like, I got to increase that gamma, which, mm. by the way, if anyone knows what gamma is, let us know. It'll turn All us I, into a whole yeah, thing that's gets exactly. far enough down one bar. Yeah. Um, yo, maybe I should have turned it down. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, and then I turned on the 8-bit sound effects option, which admittedly was better. Sure. Um, and then I clicked apply all. Yeah. Okay. 45 seconds 40 later. seconds to go by, and then the game re-enters the option menu. Like, we thought that black screen was taking us back to the main menu. No. No. It was literally apply all, wait a long time, and then all of these options of two, of turning up the gamma and changing the sound option. Yep which took 45 seconds to actually apply. And then I had to go back to the main menu, which Mm -hmm. took another 30 seconds, which is crazy. Yes. (laughs) Yes. It's insane how long those load times are. It really kind of drains the fun out of it because even if you were getting into the gameplay, and you know what? The gameplay, not actually terrible. No. Like like in terms of like jumping, shooting, dashing, it feels pretty responsive. Mm -hmm. You can do multiple little air dashes to kind of keep yourself afloat. Always nice. Like the game doesn't play terribly. No, like not by not by any means. If this was yeah. a Mega Man Twelve essentially played the way this game does, I'd be like, yeah, this feels fine. Yeah, so I I probably could have like you know tuned out a little bit and like compulsively played a little bit mm-hmm. while you know if if they had quick load times, but dragging it out that long and then having all these long cutscenes that interrupt the action with story that I don't care about, like. It's just dragging it out, and it's making you think about how mediocre the game is. Yes, you know? and uh, it's just no, it's no good for anybody. The, um, the the another thing that all, doesn't quite live up to the Mega Man Legacy is the music is very forgettable. Very it doesn't forgettable. it doesn't have any sort of it's. I mean, it does sound like a Mega Man game, but doesn't have any of that pop. And like you said, the the eight uh, bit version is a little more interesting, but it's still not very interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah, so. One thing that I will say that I really appreciated about this game was um, you get a ledge grasp. Yes. Um, which is something I have always missed in a Mega Man game. Like, yeah. there's sometimes Mega Man just has jumps that are too damn long mm-hmm. and you can barely make it, and then Mega Man falls to his doom. And so the little grab was very welcome. 
especially with a dash. And uh, most personality in this game comes through in uh, Mighty Number no. Nine's little feeties. Yeah, when he when he grabs onto his ledge and the little feeties are dangling, he like shakes them back and forth. Little little kicks like a dog in water. He's just like, I'm kicking. I can't quite get up. <laughs> it's really cute. It's very cute. So I was very pro. Oh, so is, I'm gonna Google when I get home. I Google Mighty Number no. Nine feet. Oh, there you go. That's <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. the that's the takeaway. Start a fan site. That's a takeaway. All of you should get. We start fan sites to Mighty Number no. Nine's feet. Um, otherwise, yeah, not a whole lot else to talk about this game. There's a challenge mode, which like I never like these challenge modes where it's just like, okay, make it to the end of the stage without using your dash or something like that. It's like, give me the tool. I want to use the tools. Like, yeah, this exactly. Like, this is not a complicated game, so to remove those tools yeah. does not make any aspect more fun. And like all the challenges are just very boring and sort of not satisfying on their own. It's no. like jump from ledge to ledge and get to the end of the level. You're like, that is not a thrilling thing to do. So why do I want to play a hundred of these challenge levels? Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not a very exciting prospect. Um, do we have anything else to say about this? Do we want to rank it? I guess we can rank it. I'll yeah. get into my final thoughts there a little bit. But. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think either of us were big fans of this game. It, it has, you know, and it's a weird sense because like, like I said, the gameplay plays basically fine. It basically plays like Mega Man, just wildly unambitious. And when you consider the production and when you consider how much money and how much hype was surrounding this, the fact that they just kind of crapped this out, like just feels like, this feels like, oh, I forgot to do my homework. I'm going to do it Monday morning. Yeah, you, know? you you pointed out when we were playing that we, re, you know, we recently played Hellblade for yeah. one of the um, bonus episodes and that that game and this game had the same development time yes three year three year development time for both and one you, of which is like a photorealistic like exploration of the human soul and like what it means to be like have mental illness one of them is mighty number nine one of them is is the you know uh, uh generic mega man yeah so not a lot of fun uh, I am going to put this at number 36. That's going to be underneath Adventure Time, Finn and Jake Investigations, and above Book of Unwritten Tales 2. Yeah, that so about, feels about right. Down, down, in the, down in the lower squishy bits. Yeah, yeah I great. mean, this is the kind of game that I would like, um, but there's so many other games like this that, like, AKA, I mean, there's 11 Mega Man games. There's, oh, there's some yeah, ungodly I mean, amount of Mega Man X games. Uh, yeah, you, you've completely... I was just thinking about the Mega Man X games where they all... <laughs> Ride around on uh, bicycles and skateboards. That has to have been pits, right? There was yeah. Mega Man Soccer, you know? Yeah, that that's was, true. That was famously great. Everyone loved that Everyone game. Everyone loved that game. Yeah, um, yeah. Everyone's happy to shell out $800 for it every time it pops up. Um, I'm going to put it in a very similar spot. I'm going to put it right uh, behind 007 Legends, which okay. is uh, number 30, uh, 38. Yeah. As much as I wanted to put it at the mighty number nine spot. Uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Can't take <laughs> I wish it was better. Yeah, this game was just a disappointment. It is. I, yeah. Because, I, like I said, I can do average subpar you know retro throwbacks but this doesn't even really reach those those levels interestingly our mighty number nines are mine is we fit you and yours is mass effect three so those are the real mighty number nines yeah. in this scenario <laughs> exactly just if everybody's uh, curious about that i'm sure everyone was so curious all right we have one letter here today and this one starts very promisingly <laughs> shut up siskowski you don't even like zelda three exclamation points well so that's a good way to start a letter <laughs> okay uh just kidding woody i love you but i also love legend of zelda twilight princess Fair. that's a great point y'all made about age ranges in influencing zelda takes Growing up, I considered A Link to the Past my Zelda, but I turned 17 while playing the then-newly-released Ocarina of Time, almost the exact moment that Link does in the game. Nice. So I'm always going to feel linked to that game. <laughs> linked. I'll link to that linked game. Linked to that game. 
Twilight Princess is essentially one big love letter to Ocarina of Time, to the point that the Link from Ocarina is your mentor throughout Twilight Princess in Stalfo's form. I did not know that. Uh, the gameplay for Twilight is essentially Ocarina on steroids, and there are tons of small nods and connections to Ocarina in Twilight Princess, even down to the music. I love the way you, the Wii U gamepad screen as a map item screen, as well as the updated graphics, so I think the Wii U version is the definitive one. Agreed. For longtime Ocarina fans, Nintendo might as well have just injected Twilight into our veins, and I still <laughs> loved it, even post-Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Conversely, I was old enough to buy a six-pack when Wind Waker was released, and I have little to no nostalgia for that game, to the point that it's the only Zelda game I haven't finished since Part 2. Uh, mm. Glad you're tackling this system. I still feel like it's underrated, even if its worthwhile catalog is now on Switch. Even if half its worthwhile catalog is now on Switch. Love the Switch, but the Wii U gamepad fit my giant hands better. Anyway, keep up the good work. That is from Nick from the Nick Experiment and Film Shake. So thank, thank you, Nick. Nick. Longtime supporter of our show. Wonderful. Yes, um, totally, totally fair. And that I think that's a very accurate point that Twilight Princess is really the most true sequel to Ocarina. Yeah. Like, you know, Majora's Mask had its own sort of weird thing going on. Yeah. And uh, Twilight Princess does seem like it expands that story in a... I mean... <laughs> It expands those gameplay elements in a way that people who want really desperately wanted more of that vibe yeah. would be satisfied with. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, man. All right. We're going to see if we can get the ending in here before my dog starts barking at that other dog. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening. We are Ultra 64 <laughs> Hurry, hurry, hurry. Podcast. Ah, oh, God. Find us at Ultra64Podcast at Patre- or, uh, Patreon.com for <laughs> Ultra64Pod. That's the correct one. Submit to that. Next week, we're going to be completing uh, our Batman series. Well, we're going to be continuing our Batman series. We've been covering Batman games on the Patreon. <laughs> oh, man, this is so stressful. Oh, my God. And this week, we're going to be playing Batman Arkham City and Batman Arkham Origins, two huge Batman games that are on the Wii U. We're going to do it before this dog freaks out. All right, mighty number bye. <laughs> Something's wrong cause my mind is spreading. And everywhere I look, there's a dead end waiting. Temperatures dropping at the rotten oasis. Stealing kisses from the leprous faces. Garbage mentions, mouthwash, jukebox, gasoline. Pistols are pointing out of poor man's pockets. Smiling eyes ripping out of his sockets. Got a devil's haircut in my mind. Got a devil's